Welcome to this week's Fit for Purpose podcast. This week, we've got a slightly different guest on the podcast. Often, I'll be interviewing people who are running businesses or maybe universities or NHS Trust, but today we've got someone who runs a charity actually, but it's a charity that does some amazing stuff. It's a charity called Young Enterprise. And it's actually one of the leading employability and financial education charities that we've got in our country. And it, as the name suggests, really focuses on empowering young people right away across the UK. It's actually been going perhaps for longer than you might realize. It was founded back in 1962, but it's done some absolutely fantastic stuff in the decades since. And under Sharon Davis, who we're about to talk to, it's really going from strength to strength. Sharon, it's fantastic having you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much. And thank you for the for the big billing, all uh, the checks in the post. <laughs> well, <laughs> no pressure as well. No, I mean, it's a brilliant charity. It's an absolutely fantastic charity, really close to my heart. So thank tell you. us, Tell us what being a CEO of, of Young Enterprise means day to day. There's some of the stuff that you do to, to keep the show on the road, but also, you know, your plans and, and what you've been doing with Young Enterprise. Yeah, well, I, I mean, as, as people who kind of run charities or work with charities kind of can probably imagine um, being a chief exec of a charity is quite way, wide ranging, really, because in the main, charity structures are quite flat. So one minute you'll be kind of focusing on strategy and vision and the next you'll be working with a colleague to locate, locate a, a missing laptop or something. <laughs> you know, you need to work with IT about something. So, you know, you're literally looking, you're, you're like kind of near and far, near and far throughout the day. Um, so really practical. Yeah, really, really practical. Um, and in lots of ways, that's really helpful because you, you keeps you very close to the work, uh, particularly in a remote setting. But, you know, as chief executive of Young Enterprise, certainly over the last two and a half years, um, it's been a phenomenal privilege, really, to lead us through what has been uh, obviously a very challenging period. But we started a No Time Like the Future uh, strategy back in January 2020, and that was all about providing meaningful opportunities for those young people, I guess, who just didn't really have access to financial enterprise education on a, on a consistent basis because what we know is that meaningful opportunity and that appropriate support can really change young people's futures and we know that because we've walked alongside so many young people 4.5 million young people over the last 60 years so you know and then over the last two and a half years it's been a real privilege to find ways of doing that differently throughout the pandemic and working with the team remotely to find new ways of engaging with educators and parents and young people themselves whose all of their needs are changing on a really fast-paced basis and just really learning and have the humility of being able to kind of like get things wrong and then decide what you're going to do next and you know in, in lots of ways it's you you are you are, are needing to be really really agile and innovative in the same ways that we ask young people to be in some of our programs and services. So basically, Young Enterprise is just doing this fantastic job of really helping young people understand what business is all about, what entrepreneurship means, but then all of the skills 
that enable you to to be successful is that fair to say if I'm summing it up right that's a great sum up absolutely it's providing those kind of real world context experiences that help young people really make that connection between what they're doing academically and also what they could be doing in the future and really building those skills and you're right they might use those skills to go on and set up their own own business but they then might use them actually to be enterprising within someone else's business and that's the I mean I think the word enterprise very often is is misdefined because it's about having the initiative and it's about being able to be resilient in the face of difficulty and adapt and um you know reset and the ability to use all of those skills to a, to an end really and, and and alongside that that ability to learn to earn and manage your money so our programs and services work very closely with educators but also um um, volunteers from the world of work to help young people to understand financial education, how that can be used to help them in the future as well. And you talked a little bit just then about how you became CEO at a time that ended up being way more challenging and very different paths than you might have anticipated. Mm-hmm. Have you found that having to go through that whole process you said of working at how you kept doing what you wanted to do as an organisation, but doing it online, did it make you almost take a brand new look at, a fresh look at what you were doing as well anyway? I mean, in lots of ways, it gave us permission really to think about nothing was off the table in terms of how we were going to go about delivering programs and services and young people's needs were changing so fast anyway so it was really just important to listen um, and to make sure that we were adapting of course educators needs were changing as well in terms of the kind of things that they were looking for to support young people to learn at home parents were looking for for different things to help them support young people to learn at home so in lots of ways it's given us as a I guess as a more permission as an organization to have more of a an innovative culture a culture where you know it's all about test and learn test and learn which really is the is the epitome of what we want young people to develop anyway so so yeah in lots of ways the pandemic helped us to really also it helped us to really pause and look at our why and that was incredibly important at a time when the world was changing so so fast it was really important to have an anchor which kept us I guess as a compass really and make helped us make those decisions so that you know that really strong belief in the power of meaningful opportunities and the appropriate support that could really change futures helped us to make some decisions and things we would say yes to and things we would say no to. And I suppose as we got through the pandemic and schools were closed for such a long time and and people had such different experiences of education over the last few years, it really underlined the need for for what you're doing and and this almost renewed mission, I guess, of why an organisation like Young Enterprise really matters, because actually it's never been more important, has it, for people to be able to bounce back from having a disrupted education and be helped to do that absolutely absolutely I mean I I, you know we kind of look at the the leveling up agenda and you know and I think I think it's really important to to understand the complexities that that are involved uh relating to the situation that we find ourselves now um compounded by the pandemic so many of our communities that we serve were already having a difficult time getting on young people are already having a difficult time getting on feeling safe and secure in a job and feeling happy and that they could get on in life and that was compounded by the pandemic so you know as an organization that you know really is proud of its collaboration 
collaboration um it's really helped us to really think well actually what is our contribution to to leveling up and so just it's probably worth us just running through some of the the nuts and bolts of in practice what young enterprise is doing in schools with young people some of the work on gender you know and, and getting girls interested tell give paint a little bit of a picture for the kinds of programs that you might get young people involved with yeah, sure. So we, uh, as you said before, we can celebrate our diamond anniversary next year. So we provide uh, enterprise and financial education programs from children as young as five. And we run the Fiver Challenge, which gives um, children age five upwards to 11 the opportunity to have a fiver uh, and make as much difference in running and setting up and running a little enterprise over a month. Uh, and we have the Fiverr Challenge. Um, and then right up to 24, where we work with um, higher education institutes and further education colleges, setting up opportunities for a, it's a program called the Startup Program, which is where young people will set up and or you know, undergraduates will set up and run their own, own enterprise, young enterprise. The beauty is that they are supported by our public liability insurance and product insurance. Mm -hmm. Um, up to 10 million pounds um, we also provide a bespoke uh, online trading platform which is called the trading station if you google it um, mm -hmm. or whatever search engine you might choose to use um, you would see trading station which provides young people and all the time we're trying to provide a level playing field for young people to test and learn but for likes of, of other trading platforms like eBay, et cetera, you need to be over 18 to be able to trade. So what Young Enterprise has done is basically essentially put on a, a framework, which ultimately Young Enterprise is that is the backer really is the, mm -hmm. is the supporting that mm -hmm. allows young people to trade under the age of 18. And the consumer has the comfort of knowing that essentially these are all Young Enterprise companies and that Young Enterprise essentially will back them. But they would then, if you went on to, young, if you went on to the Young Enterprise trading station justine you could go on if you saw a product that a young um, company had put onto their um, website um you could order it there and then and they would then post that out to you and you would pay them but ultimately they're young enterprise but these these are young people that could be anything from 15 upwards so it's giving young people those really tangible experiences of what it's like to serve a customer what it's like to um, produce a product and put that marketing together that you know we're in their bedrooms and this is the real beauty about young enterprise it's about the opportunities to really provide those real world tangible programs that then we work with um people from the world of work you know volunteers from the world of work who help young people then to reflect on that learning how can they translate that learning back to academic studies how can they translate that learning into future settings so young people that perhaps have not had successful experiences mm -hmm. of learning they then have opportunities of then translating what, what might have been a brilliant experience of setting up and running a young enterprise company back into maths back into english because um, they're working very closely with the, the school, the link teacher mm -hmm. in the school, the centre lead in the school and the, the business advisor. Wow. It's, I mean, I think it's such a, a straightforward, powerful idea as well to to really. I mean, certainly from my perspective, I'd have loved to have set up a company. I'd have been on that five <laughs> challenge in no time. I'm absolutely sure. Um, but I can it's, imagine um, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, but I just think. The other piece of it that we haven't really talked about, but I think is crucial, is the social. It's pro-social mobility. So yeah. it's really you're really targeting this work into places and for people 
whom they're just, you know, like I was, they don't necessarily know anyone who's built a business or running a company or even managing a, a business. And and I think it's demystifying it, isn't it, for a lot of people to make them realise this is the kind of thing that they can do. Absolutely. And if you think about it, you know, young people now will be working up till what, you know, the age of 70. So how many careers will you have during that lifetime? So why can't part of that journey of the next 50 years be as an entrepreneur and it is about demystifying it is about taking out some of the kind of um i guess myths and legends of setting up and running a business helping a young a young person understand some of the basics like the importance of a network the importance of how you present yourself and how you present your your, your product and really helping them through those milestones really and you mentioned um our focus really in our prioritization of, of the charity's resources and we are we're very much looking to prioritize um, those particular areas we, we focus very much on the indices of multiple deprivation so we're focusing on those one to four areas one to four wards and we have a project called um, Project Inspiring Futures or Project IF and that's targeted it's a multi-intervention program and it basically it compounds skills so it gives young people the opportunity to basically stack skills so mm-hmm. they'll learn a skill they'll apply it they'll reflect on it they'll apply it again and they'll go through a process of up to an academic year where they're developing they're applying those skills in real time and at the end of the opportunity they will sit with a, a business mentor they'll reflect on the skills they've developed the transferability of those skills into new settings um, and what they then need to be successful in the workplace and they go on to then produce their own cv and we support them with with kind of making those applications there are currently about 1400 secondary schools um, across England and Wales in those mm-hmm. one to 14, one to four areas. And our ambition in the next five years is to be at least 90% of those, mm-hmm. of those, um, of those schools. We're currently engaged project if in round about 10% of the projects two years old. Um, we're looking to be in 20% next year. And mm-hmm. the focus really, the beauty is that some of the employees that we work with, some of the supporters that we're working with and our, our life president, um, William Solomon, who seed funded this program mm-hmm. is are basically saying, look, you know, the talents, this is, you know, you are the original t-shirt wearer of the talents it was always there but actually what we're seeing is that those once they grab those opportunities they are absolutely maximizing them it's i mean it is fantastic and and i think hopefully it will go from strength to strength at a time that it's really needed but it's probably time for me to talk and ask you a little bit about um your own career sharon so <laughs> not everyone ends up becoming a, a ceo of a, of a charity like young enterprise were you what when you were a much younger person looking ahead what did you think you were going to be doing I had no idea I think I think your formative years really shape you don't they in lots of ways mine certainly did and Mm -hmm. and I you know I left home at 16 17 had lots of jobs um had no idea about what I wanted I worked with my dad for a while and he was Mm -hmm. a he was a tree feller and then I left home so, a, so when did you work for your dad? Were you felling trees? What were you doing? Were you going up the trees? Tell us a little bit about that. That's interesting. Yeah, well, you know, I had lots of part-time jobs when I was at school. So I'm yeah. um, like, well, you know, work for a turkey farm. It was just, yeah. you know, I can't eat turkey now at, at Christmas. Oh. I just can't do it. But um, but yeah, I had very rural upbringing, um, worked and worked my dad. My dad was a tree feller. So I would like... Which would, bit of the country did you grow up in? So I was brought up in Cheshire, a rural Cheshire. Right, yes, okay. So, um, and my mom still lives there now. And he, and he basically, you know, taught me a lot about nature. So I have a real respect for Ooh. nature. Bless me, he's, he's passed away now. But he had such a, 
such a work ethic and I think yeah. you know I talked about formative years and you know he had such a work ethic and so I you know I kind of understood the value of money quite early yeah. on because yeah. of because he was a one-man band and mm. you know my mum didn't work and it was was me and my three brothers and my gran all lived in the house and mm-hmm. he was the big you know he had all the pressure the pressure of working really. yeah so, so um yeah. yeah but then I left I left home at 16 17 I, I knew I was gay very very early on and Ooh. you know they were they were great they were amazing they've been my biggest cheerleaders but it was just never going to work in rural Cheshire mm-hmm. so um I kind of went off to you know kind of find my uh you know off to see the world and you know find my fortune and ended up in Birkenhead yeah <laughs> <laughs> As you do. And not that you know, Birkenhead was, was very, very kind to me. And I uh, ended up in the north end of Birkenhead near the docks working in oh. the quick save. Yeah. And I was about 19. And uh, I, I was, and then the work ethic. I think was move still there. though, isn't it? Just to, to go when you sort of 16, 17 and, and just go somewhere, you know, that was different actually and, and must have been different because it was, I mean, I, I know Birkenhead. I mean, it's a very urban area, obviously, a million miles away from rural Cheshire. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, I've been in lots of places other than that. I would, was like, was it, by the time I'd got to Birkenhead, I was about 19, <laughs> but I'd been to Manchester and all those places okay. and, you know, um, and it was there. I was working for working in the quick save. I was living in a bedsit in Birkenhead and, uh work was really important I knew I had to kind of keep a job and and I met a youth worker who basically saw me chatting with these these young lads that used to come into the quick save and he basically introduced me to youth work and um and from there um I did some voluntary work did some like part-time youth work and after a long journey eventually I got in via an access course at like 22 23 at John Moore's University wow and then studied for uh, youth work um, uh, qualification and a degree. And then I think I was about 25 when I um, then got my first youth work role working with young people excluded from school mm-hmm. in West Cumbria. Mm-hmm. And that's where it started. That's where it all started. And that's where I think for me, that passion for learning in seeing young people succeed at learning in different environments really really came through because I started to see there was a pattern here that you weren't necessarily always gonna if you were unsuccessful in one environment learning that didn't you shouldn't you shouldn't write young people off because what I was then seeing is that young people in new settings were actually doing really really well Mm -hmm. and that for me was that stayed with me for life and so actually what it was telling us was that you know it often it was just changing some of the dynamics was enough just to allow them to to get to where they need to get to and and to learn different things it was just recognizing that it's horses for courses most definitely that alongside the facts of that whole reflective learning that whole kind of almost like stopping mid mid you know there's these teachable moments I mean I'm sure there'll be teachers listening to this going yes of course you know these teachable moments where you're halfway through something and you just stop and you just go okay, so tell me about what just happened then. What do you think you could have done differently? And that whole reflective practice was so fundamental to some of these young people because they were actually, you were then able to say, well, that was really, really good what you just did there. What was that skill that you used? How could you use that going back into school if you're going to go back into school? And for me, that um, 
that plus the fact that you're engaging with the parents and you're engaging because they would go and do some community-based projects as well and so the community were experiencing these young people in very different ways than they were Mm -hmm. so young people's own kind of persona you know so and so from this estate in 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 Whitehaven you know those personas were changing because they were engaging with the community in a different way wow so you and and I, I guess it just underlines that I mean maybe you would have ended up doing youth work eventually but it is so often those chance encounters isn't it that hugely that have such a big impact on on lives I I remember I hadn't even thought about becoming an MP especially um and then I I was I did my MBA and somebody said oh you should go on the the conservative parliamentary list because I was you know a conservative minded person and I thought yeah yeah, maybe I will (laughs) Is is that how it happened pretty much yeah yeah I mean, oh. I, was, I was leafleting and stuff, but I, I don't think I'd ever seriously considered, you know, running for parliament, like, you know, that people, I didn't know anyone who'd ever done that or thought about doing it. So let alone succeeded um, in doing That's it. Incredible. Um, so there you go. But it is, it is a lot of those chance nudges. And I, I suppose all of your work is about trying to take the luck out of those happening for young people and make sure that they do get them wherever they are. Absolutely. I think that you've hit the nail on the head. It is about that consistent access or prioritizing access, because there's a lot of, you know, in terms of equity, I mean, there's lots of things around leveling up, isn't it? It's really complex. So, you know, it's about widening personal networks or increasing access to networks. It's about that sustained support through what we know are, you know, those transitional parts of a young person's life are really tricky so primary to secondary statutory into you know the next steps sustaining the next steps in those first six months it's really about you know enabling that young person to understand the importance of building a really solid network around them during those key times so you're in youth work it's all going really well and actually you start to think yeah this is this is um the thing that i'm i'm gonna put my time into yeah. So you then what presumably go through a steady process of be, you know what becoming more senior and and I, I think you didn't do an MBA at some point. Tell us a little bit about what then happens between then and then and where you are now. Yeah, so um, so I worked in Cumbria. I was very very lucky in, um, working for Cumbria Youth Service, uh, mm-hmm. who were great, and uh, worked all over Cumbria. So worked in West Cumbria, worked in. Um, um the north in carlisle and very rural areas and i was very lucky to be offered to be a part paid the, the organization part paid for my mba and uh which was just incredible really and so i did an mba while i was uh, in full-time uh, work which was you know it was difficult but it really opened my eyes and it men made me think um i came to a real crossroads because i was thinking i really feel like i could do so much more Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that I wanted to really focus on, um, I guess, I, I guess, I guess, disrupting some of these patterns that you could see young people yeah. experiencing. And um, and I was just really lucky in that there was an operations director role for young enterprise in the northwest that was that came up uh, way back in two thousand and nine, and um, I was successful in getting that role. And and then um, I've really been at YE in several different senior roles and the organization has, has now kind of merged. So at that point, there was probably about 12 different regional young enterprise yeah. organizations. And so it's part and parcel of the merger. It's now, 
Young Enterprise England and Wales, and we license uh-huh. programs to Scotland and Northern Ireland and Gibraltar. And then we're now part of we're also part of Junior Achievement Worldwide, which is 120 mm-hmm. countries, um, all delivering financial education, entrepreneurship, and employability skills. But yeah, and then two and a half years ago, um, I I um, took on the role of, of chief chief exec. Haven't looked back since. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's been quite a ride. <laughs> I bet. And it, and so if you were sort of looking back at that, that young Sharon, maybe in maybe in rural Cheshire mm. and sort of giving some advice to that younger version of yourself, what do you think it would be? It's a great question that I think um, I think I'd tell her to trust herself mm-hmm. a little bit more um, and to take the help um that people offered um you, what we've got to remember is if there was a time and a place so kind of northern gay at that time very mm-hmm. working class young woman growing mm. up in the 80s mm. um I just really wasn't very sure of myself at all yeah. as a young yeah. person and just didn't there weren't the relevant role models that was that are so much more visible now it just wasn't yeah. that so finding your voice was quite difficult and I think I think in those formative kind of late teenage early early 20s my confidence really took a a, a real knock but thinking back now and looking back now I can see those people who were looking out for me and I can see those people who really cared what would happen to me and I would tell the younger Sharon really just basically lean into those people more yeah let them let them let them do the support yeah definitely and I because I just think it was it was incredibly brave to do what you did um to sort of come out and and then and then almost think I do need to build a life for myself yeah um but to kind of get on and do that and I think I had a very different journey in a sense um I probably wasn't as self-aware and as you are or were maybe um mm. but I do think it's 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 such a personal journey isn't it in in that respect so so I just think it's incredible that you 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 were almost you know in spite of being incredibly young and you look at someone like Jake Daniels yes as we record this just come out as gay and first professional footballer you know I think it just underlines that although in so many parts of society this is not per se news there are still lots of important areas like sport where it is staggeringly in the 20 well into the 21st century Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, a young person, age 17, you know, Jake says so he's 17, isn't he, you know, and that, and the ripple effect and the kind of, yeah. you know, the way in which that is going to impact on so many other young people's lives and the conversations that that will then enable. Um, I just think he's incredible. And uh, I just hope that he's got the support around him. And it was brilliant to see, you know, Stonewall and um, Sky just working together to support Jake. And of course, Blackpool Football Club have been phenomenal as well. So, it's really yes. good steps forward um well look it's been absolutely brilliant having you on the podcast sharon um thank you it's been lovely I think what what you're doing what your enterprise is doing is is absolutely necessary but really fantastic and and through all of our work on the social mobility pledge and the purpose coalition we, we've loved really working with you and, and developing those links as well so Hoping there's more of that in the future. And in the meantime, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you. It's been great.